Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Yo! This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stanfall, I am Greg Sussman. Frankie! What's going on, buddy? Greggy, I heard a little crack in your voice, a little, little pep in your step here today on an election day, huh, Greggy? polls are open, baby! One of your favorite days of the year, I'd imagine. That's what people are saying. I gotta be honest with you. Two years ago, one of my least favorite days of the year. I'm sorry. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't a great day. But it's a new day. Yes, it is. Polls are open. Happy election day. Uh, happy to have you with us. We'll be voting on a whole lot today throughout the program. Who to pick up, who to drop. We're taking your votes at 844 And, of course, in our live chat on YouTube. Greggy! What's up, man? How much, Greggy? Uh, the game went pretty much uh, as I expected last night. Not as I expected. You, uh, uh, you, you Tennessee in the over? That's correct. It looked, looked pretty good. Uh, but I will say... Gabe's best bet, man. Nailed it. Gabe's best bet, right? He was all over that. Um, Mari Cooper. Mari Cooper, first game back, led the Cowboys in, uh, in in every receiving category yesterday. Targets, receptions, receiving yards, scored a touchdown. You had to know first game out, uh, Monday Night Football primetime, that they were going to make it... Um, they were going to make it a staple to get, uh, to get Amari Cooper involved in this one. Uh, but honestly... It was a weird game from the Cowboys overall. Got off to the hot start. The defense looked good. Forced two fumbles early on, and then just stagnant. Just n- they weren't able to move the ball down the field. Uh, again, not much creativity on the offensive side there. Uh, and then for Tennessee, one of my worst fantasy uh, bad beats of the season, Greg. Uh, I was texting you guys about it last night. Up twenty three in a non PPR league, going up against Deion Lewis and the Cowboys defense. Yep, and I have Corey Davis. And, you know, Deion Lewis just goes out and has his best game of the season, touches the ball 23 times. Uh, Cowboys defense did just enough, including the sacks and the fumbles. And, of course, I lose by a point and a half. And if Marcus Mariota hits Corey Davis for that wide-open touchdown in the end zone, I win. But that did not happen because, for whatever reason, Marcus Mariota hates Corey Davis. Corey Davis now, a, a player who has not... Eclipsed 60 yards or has scored a touchdown in four straight games. It was a tough one last night, Greg. Tough fantasy loss. I didn't watch any of it. I didn't watch any of it. Because I was in another tough loss last night. <laughs> is it a tough loss? It was a tough loss, man. It's not a tough loss. Should have won the game. It's Greg, this is the most classic of classic Nick games that, that they can get. I was at the Nick game last night. Uh, it was very fun. Judy was very upset when it went to overtime. Uh, and then double overtime, and then what we even more upset. triple overtime. For double overtime. She was very upset. She was could not believe her. If eyes. That game went into triple OT. What happens? You guys staying? Yeah, we were staying, man. We were we were locked in. <laughs> I was locked into the end. I'm sorry. So anyway, the Knicks lost. That that was frustrating, and it's the end of the game. Uh, but that's good. We watch extensive highlights of nope. the Titans Cowboys. Nope. I mean, there wasn't many. To be honest with you, <laughs> didn't really plan on uh, watching it if I was home. Really? Really? You don't want to see Amari Cooper in his first game targeted eight times? Zach Prescott's 31 passing attempts? Frank, last night was the premiere of Holly making championship. Oh, God. It is the main event, man. Oh, gosh. Yeah. All right. uh, On to the next one, Greg. Yeah. Um, On to the next one, indeed. That is week nine. Again, the polls are open today. We're going to go over a whole lot of waiver wire stuff. And I want to begin in Cincinnati where A.J. Green is expected to miss at least this week, if not longer, uh, due to an injury to his foot. And that's scary, Frank. 
And that's scary. Tyler Boyd ascends the number one wide receiver role, which I've argued he's had anyway. But Tyler Boyd, without a doubt, no question, the number one wide receiver in Cincinnati. But who else is Andy Dalton going to throw it to? It's a big question and a good question because of who they face this week, the New Orleans Saints. Is it time that we all jump back in on John Ross? Yeah, this is a tough one to try and figure out, and I think that's where a lot of people are going to steer towards is John Ross obviously has the uh, the prospect pedigree. He was he was drafted uh, very early, top 10 pick. Uh, you know, you could question that pick too. It was really because of the 40 time, but you look at the college numbers, they're kind of all over the place. Uh, really shouldn't have even been a first-round pick, let alone top 10 pick, uh, but uh, we'll save that for another day. That's uh, That's the Bengals and Marvin Lewis coaching staff, but... He did practice yesterday. He's been dealing with uh, with an injury, so it looks like he's going to return. But uh, if you just look at the target share on the season and, and the snap percentage, like it, it's kind of all over the place. Besides Tyler Boyd and AJ Green, so you know, while some people might say, "All right, John Ross," you know, they're going to finally give him the opportunity. Are they, or is it going to be Alex Erickson, who we've seen play? you know, the third most snaps among wide receivers for the Bengals this year. Is it going to be Josh Malone? What I'm hoping for, at least for Tyler Boyd, is. Because of this injury, do they take him out of the slot and move him to the outside? Because he's dominated the slot all season long. Uh, we've said that, you know, it's the year of the slot receiver. And Tyler Boyd has uh, has been phenomenal out, out, out of that role. So I just hope that they don't take him out of the slot role and put him on the outside, which is, you know, it's something that they could, you know, uh, experiment with now that A.J. Green is going to miss the next two games. But I think we kind of really have a, a hosh-posh of... John Ross, Alex Erickson, Josh Malone. And I guess based on draft pedigree, you're going to lean towards John Ross. Is that the right answer? I honestly can't tell you. I think we're going to see quite a bit of Tyler Boyd, obviously. And I've talked about this guy every week. Yeah. CJ Uzama, right? I like, agree with you. It's going to be a crap ton of CJ Uzama and Tyler Boyd. And I don't really want to trust John Ross. I'm not going to overspend for John Ross this week. Um, I have in the league that I'm very competitive in, I have $48 left. I'll put a couple of bucks on John Ross, but like probably not enough to win him. I, I, he's very fast. I don't know that he can do anything else. So here's the snap percentage for receivers outside of Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green this year. We have John Ross at 48%, Alex Erickson at 38%, and then uh, Josh Malone down at 13%. So it's really like, post Malone. It's really, uh, it's really anyone's guess, but I'd imagine uh, we see some John Ross, Alex Erickson. But it, I mean, I think more so for the offense, they'll probably lean on Joe Mixon more, maybe get him involved a few more carries yeah. out of the pass game as well. Uh, Giovanni Bernard seems like he will also return this week, which is somewhat of a surprise. That could, but, that's another interesting name as well. Yeah, so maybe they uh, they use him more on uh, on you know for routes run line him up outside as a wide receiver or whatever they want to do. But I think it's just going to be uh, a lot of Tyler Boyd. And I, I tweeted about this yesterday is just because he's going to see more targets or more work isn't necessarily a good thing, right? No, he's because he's more had, defensive attention. Right. You had A.J. Green on the other side. As good as Tyler Boyd's been, he can't really be much better. I don't know that as a, as a receiver he, and a fantasy producer, he could be any better than he has been. Having A.J. Green on the other side has really benefited him because always uh, that side is always going to get the top corner. Not so much anymore. Marshawn Lattimore expected to play uh, against Tyler Boyd this week. And again, it's a very enviable matchup. You want you want to hit, take players in Cincinnati think, this week. Do but. you think if they keep Tyler Boyd in the slot, though, does Marshawn Lattimore follow him into the slot? Because we typically not, yeah. see shadow corners don't don't follow receivers into the slot. Probably not, but without A.J. Green, his offense totally changes. And I think it's really I think it's really, really tough uh for them. I think they at least I would hope we say this a lot that, you know, teams should realize what their bread and butter is and continue to do that, right? Yeah. Tyler Boyd has been so dominant out of the slot. Why would you change that? Just put John Ross on the outside, you know, put uh, Post Malone, Josh Malone uh, on the other side or Alex Erickson, one of those guys. Runs, do you think he runs the post? <laughs> You're enjoying this a little bit too much. Sorry. But I would hope that they just keep Tyler Boyd in his role. Uh, we'll get more CJ Uzama. Uh, the Bengals are home dogs in that game as of right now, and I pretty... Pretty certain that they're going to be chasing points against the Saints. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I think it's just more uh, uh, Boyd, Uzama, and and Joe Mixon. And if I'm going to put a small bit on someone, I'd probably rank it Ross, Alex Erickson, Josh Malone. For the wide receivers, Uzama would be first if he's out there for yeah. me, just yep. for the record. Yep. 
forgetting position. I, mentioned, I keep mentioning they're playing the Saints, and the Saints, interestingly enough, today are having a whole bunch of wide receiver workouts, including bringing in Des Bryant. Um, it's an interesting fit because Michael Thomas, obviously dominant. But the other side, not so much. Um, they lost Ted Ginn for the season. I thought maybe they replaced him with a, more of a burner like a Ted Ginn, uh, but Des Bryant, obviously, at this stage in his career, not that. We have seen Sean Payton bring in some veterans before, Adrian Peterson, namely, and most recently. But on the other side, you have Cam Meredith, you have Trey Quan Smith. Uh, is this a testament to those guys not getting it done, or do you think they'll bring in a burner um, to replace Ted Ginn? Well, I think that they view Trey Quan Smith as that burner. Okay. We saw that in that game against Washington, right? That Monday night football game where he can make plays Certainly. down the field. So I think he kind of takes on that Ted Ginn role. I think they just. They want more help in the red zone, um, and if they if the, if that's what they need, because if you look at who they're working out, it's you know it's big receivers, it's Des Bryant, it's Brandon Marshall, guys like that. So yeah, I think they, they well, Brandon Marshall working out with Detroit as well. He did, he did, he did. and uh, I think that they're just looking for a big body there, maybe take some defensive attention away, add another element to their offense. Uh, for Des Bryant, look, we I think we bring him up just because it's the Saints' offense, it's an extremely potent offense. But are we realistically? Throwing much down on him? Not really. If you play in a deep league, I'm talking like 14 team leagues or deeper. If you play in 12 team leagues, do we, where still, you have, do we, do we still own him? We do not. Uh, if you play in 12 team leagues where you have uh, seven or more bench spots, something like that, that's where I'm looking like, all right, I'll throw a flyer on Des Bryant to see what happens. Just because if he does land with the Saints, there could be some touchdown upside there. But I really do not have high hopes for him, even if he does land there, because, you know, we are, we've already seen that this offense runs through Alvin Kamara, it runs through. Michael Thomas, and there's really not much else to go around for anyone else on this team. They'll sprinkle in some Ben Watson. They'll sprinkle in some Traquan Smith. Um, even Mark Ingram's value has taken a back seat. So uh, it, we know what the Saints' offense is. It's Drew Brees. It's Alvin Kamara. It's Michael Thomas. Uh, but in deeper leagues, I'll, I'll, I'll throw a small bid or a, you know one of my later waiver uh, runs, one of, my, one of my later waiver picks in on, uh, in on Des Bryant. Just to see what happens. Okay, so there you go. I'm I'm not doing that. <laughs> just to, just to be no. I, I'm, look, I'm telling you, uh, out of all the players we're going to name today, Des Bryant is like the bottom of the barrel here. Let me continue on uh, with the wider series because I actually think it's a relatively weak crew uh, this week of guys. I'm not super high on other than our man MVS. I don't think it's a great waiver wire at all this week. Yeah, all it, around. I don't it, I don't think it's strong at all. It, it's not, and this is maybe that time to, to buy on those handcuffs that we've kind of hinted about earlier on in the week, yep. a.k.a. yesterday. Marquez Van, uh, Valdez-Scantling still owned in less than 50% of CBS League, so if he's out there, you got to go make sure you get him. Uh, he's the number two wide receiver right now in Green Bay. He outsnapped Randall Cobb. He's banged up. Geronimo Allison's going to have surgery on that groin. He's expected to miss the rest of the season. You could drop him for sure. Um, if MVS is out there, this is the one guy I absolutely want to spend on. He plays for Green Bay. You obviously want the wide receivers with Aaron Rodgers. He won't necessarily be reliable as, as much as any wide receiver, but... From the crew that's out there, he's certainly startable every week. When you, you're playing three wide receivers plus a flex, that's potentially four wide receivers in your lineup. You could certainly start him. Uh, if MVS is out there, how much are you spending? He's the one guy that I, I would be uh, I would be pretty aggressive on. Uh, and it, again, we kind of spoke about this last week when it comes to Fab at this point in the season. Like it's going to change for everybody, right? Because I don't think anyone has a lot of Fab left, regardless. So I'm saying, you know, if you have twenty five dollars, I'm willing to blow maybe. Eight to ten on him. Yeah, I was actually going to go a little bit more. A little bit more. I was going to go like twelve, like yeah, cl- close to fifty percent of whatever it. Yep. you have left. Mm-hmm. I think it makes sense. You look at what he did this past week. You eighty-one percent of the snaps. That was a that was a season high for him. He's clearly the wide receiver two for this team. Randall Cobb hasn't got much involved at all, and he doesn't really look like the same player. I mean, look, the injuries are really, really starting to add up for Randall Cobb here. So they have Devontae Adams and Jimmy Graham. They're going to do their thing, but we've been searching all season long. Who's that wide receiver two for the Packers? Geronimo Allison flashed early on. Now MVS is kind of doing his thing. Uh, I don't know that he's going to see a, a consistent target share. You kind of spoke about that. The consistency might not be there. But he's starting to gain the trust of Aaron Rodgers. He made plays down the field this past week. Uh, Mike McCarthy has proved that he's not going to lean on the run, regardless of uh, who his running backs are. And how so, successful they are. Yeah. And uh, and uh, and MVS, I think based on what he did this past week, trending in the right direction, I would be the most aggressive on him Probably uh, over anyone else that we'll talk about today. Yeah, um, but by far, um, unless Duke Johnson's out there, but by far, um, if MVS is out there for you, and he is in the majority of leagues, I'm spending close to 50% of my budget to get him. The Packers are past their buy. Uh, He has clearly usurped 
everybody outside of Devontae Adams on the field. And if Devontae Adams is being guarded and covered by the team's top corner, that's only going to open up opportunities for MVS. And some of the catches that he had this past week were trust-gaining catches for Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers. When you make plays, he will go back to you. Uh, we saw ESB not be able to make some tough catches for Gordy May. And at that spot, Aaron Rodgers moves on. Marquez Valdez-Scantling getting the job done. I like MVS a lot uh, going forward. The other wide receivers that I noticed out there on the waiver wire that I thought were interesting, uh, Tyrell Williams is owned in just under 70% of leagues. He has basically two or three catches every game. That's it. But he has scored a touchdown now in four straight games. If we talk about David Moore and what he's done over the past few weeks scoring touchdowns, I think you have to mention Tyrell Williams, Frank. Yeah, and it's basically for the matchup this week against the Oakland Raiders, and I would throw Mike Williams in that discussion as well. I think we trust Tyrell Williams a little bit more than Mike Williams, especially the fact that he's catching touchdowns down the field. Again, the target share outside of Keenan Allen has been inconsistent for everybody on this team. We just saw a massive target share for Keenan Allen this past week coming out of the bye. But Tyrell Williams is the one that's consistently scoring the touchdowns, and we just saw what Nick Mullins undrafted free agent Nick Mullins, and the 49ers wide receivers, including Pierre Garçon and Kendrick Bourne. We saw what they did on Thursday night against the Raiders. I think uh, with uh, four more teams on a bye this week, uh, some tough teams that we're missing too. It's the Vikings, the Broncos, the Texans. So you're losing out on a lot of wide receivers. I think we're looking at Tyrell and Mike Williams as you know borderline wide receiver threes just because the Raiders' defense is so porous. Yeah, um, I think so too. I think that's where they are. Borderline wide receiver threes, and this week, potentially in that bye week, uh, it's worth a stab. Um, Continuing on, Adam Humphreys had a fantastic game last week, and don't look now, it's two weeks in a row uh, where he's had at least seven catches. That's a lot. You making anything here, Frank? I... I'm interested, but the thing is, so many guys. There's just there is a lot of mouths to feed. I, I will say, uh, in terms of the the snaps, he played the second most wide receiver snaps this week, and has been up over seventy percent of the snaps three games in a row now. Starting, he's the starting Bay. wide receiver and in Tampa Bay. To talk about slot receivers. He is that kind of shifty slot wide receiver guy. We know that the volume is going to be there. I think he, uh, more so than the Chargers, I would rank him higher than those guys this week just based on the way he's been used. More wide receivers when we come back. We'll hit the running backs and the one tight end you've got to grab. Coming up next. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Visit today. We're back with you here on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. That's Frank Stample. My name is Greg Sussman. And, and Frankie. Greggy. What's up? I said you mean Greggy. That's your name. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Name's not Greg Sussman. Yeah, that about Greggy. Yo, yo. Uh-oh. We're getting the little shimmy. That's why we kind magic for you. Uh, I want to jump right back in uh, to the wide receivers. Not wasting any time. It's, it's a waiver wire day. I, I want to keep pushing along. Um... Maurice Harris, who's not Super Harris, uh, we talked about him a little bit yesterday. Without Jameson Crowder, he stood out. No Paul Richardson, out for the year. Yep. The, Jordan Reed, banged up. Washington is running out of players for Alex Smith to throw the ball to. And this week, it, it doesn't get any better. The matchup in Tampa Bay. If there's no Jameson Crowder, and we already know there's no Paul Richardson, that means the only pass catcher is left, depending on Jordan Reed's status. Vernon Davis... Maurice Harris, and Josh Doxson. What do we think of really all those guys who could be out there on the waiver wire for you? So the reason why I like Maurice Harris is because he played uh, a large majority of his snaps out of the slot this week, and Tampa Bay just bleeds fantasy points to opposing wide receivers out of the slot. I mean, And, and look, everywhere. They give up fantasy points to everybody, but yeah. especially slot receivers. I mean, they get dominated by slot receivers. So I like that matchup for Maurice Harris, but it is contingent, as you mentioned, on Jameson Crowder being out because we don't know if that's necessarily going to be the case yet. Uh, he hasn't played for four straight games. 
but there is still a chance that he does play, especially with their wide receivers banged up as much as they are. Uh, maybe they kind of push him, nudge him a little bit more in that direction. Hey, Crowder, we need you back, man. Uh, so that it is contingent on that happening. But I do like Maurice Harris more so than I do Josh Jackson, just based on the targets we just saw this past week. 12 targets. It just it does seem a little bit fluky to I mean to get double digit targets, but uh, again, uh this is going to be a game where I mean there could be points traded back and forth here. Maybe not to the same level as last week, but uh there's there's going to be some points scored on the board here uh from Tampa Bay's side. I know I know that Washington um their defense outside of last week has been has been mostly Pretty good, good yeah. but uh Tampa Bay uh they're they're an, an offensive juggernaut right now. So they're going to score points and I think Washington's going to have to keep up with them. Uh, I like Maurice Harris, but it is contingent on Jamison Crowder whether or not he is healthy enough to play. Would you rather Adam Humphreys or the Redskins guys? Man, it's a good question. Uh I'll take Humphreys. Okay. Eight target at least eight targets three games in a row. I know it seems like at any point he can just give you a donut. Yep. Give you like two or three targets and give you next to nothing. And hey, this will be the week that they use Chris Godwin. This will be the week that they use Deshaun Jackson. But I think, you know, three games in a row now, that's uh, that's the start of a trend where, you know, you see at least the th- uh, at least eight targets three games in a row. Uh, and this is part of the reason why, you know, I spoke about liking Chris Godwin and liking the other options in the Tampa Bay attack is because there's just too much to try and stop. You can't try and focus on stopping every single person on this offense. So I think that's what's leaving Adam Humphreys open in the middle of the field um, against Washington this week. So uh, I do like Adam Humphreys more than the Washington guys just because I really don't trust Alex Smith all them. And I understand that. Alex Smith, and maybe it's just me, but I've watched him this year. He looks terrible. Like, he just looks like he's getting beat up on every play. The offensive line the totally offensive line replaced is, in Washington. Yeah, That's an issue. Everybody on the offensive line is done. That's an issue. And we talked about Adrian Peterson last week. I would try to trade Adrian Peterson right now. Because the offensive line is just destroyed. Yeah. They signed three new guys yesterday. Yeah. So it looks like whatever they they do is going to be a lot of short and intermediate stuff, close to the yeah. line scrimmage, get rid of the ball fast. Um, and that probably favors you know, the slot receiver, whether it's Jamison Crowder or Maurice Harris. It probably favors the tight end, getting the ball out fast. You know, guys like Josh Doxson, who typically like to push the ball down the field, he can get a touchdown when they're in the red zone. We just saw that this past week. But you know, how often are they getting the red zone? Uh, so, I mean, look, there's a lot going on with the Washington offense from the offensive line to Alex Smith. You know, I, I saw an awesome tweet this past weekend. Alex Smith posted a career high in passing uh, passing touchdowns last year with the Kansas City Chiefs. He had a career year. Pat Mahomes has already passed that. Crazy. He's only played, what, yeah. eight, nine games? Right. This, this is what happens when you put a gunslinger-type quarterback in that in that Andy Reid offense. We, we've been clamoring for that for years, right? And it, it's Finally happened. Are there any other wide receivers, Frankie, uh, that are out there this week that you're interested in picking up? Uh, I I did write in on the uh, on the rundown. I mentioned Dante Moncrief for the revenge game going up against the Indianapolis Colts here with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Before the bye, Blake Bortles did not play all that bad against the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, so they're going up against the Colts this week. Dante Moncrief actually leads this team in target share. Uh, the targets have been a little bit uh, more consistent for him and, uh, you know, they're kind of phasing Keelan Cole out of the offense, so that's, that's certainly favoring Dante Moncrief. He's in that same range as uh, the, the Chargers wide receivers. It's just kind of like a matchup thing and the fact that he's seen the most consistent snaps on the team. Uh, but outside of him, I think we hit on everyone. MVS is the top guy. Uh, then I would say it's, it's probably Adam Humphreys. Sure. Adam Humphreys is probably the next guy up. Well, um, well, you say Adam Humphreys is the next guy up. I want to actually, yeah. before we commit to that, I want to get to the tight end because we're always in need of a tight end. I'm a Jordan Reed owner, and it, it sucked. It, it's been a, a really tough year uh, for us, and the crazy thing is he's remained healthy for the most part. And <laughs> the irony, everyone else on Washington is dead except well, Jordan Reed. And, and Frank, like, you, were the, you were the big Jordan Reed guy for me, and he convinced me to grab him coming into the year. You said if he stays healthy, which, you know, he should be okay. And he has stayed healthy, but yeah. he hasn't been okay. And I've been very, very frustrated as a read owner. So I've looked at the waiver wire for a tight end, and yeah, Vernon Davis is one of them. But Jeff Hireman is somebody that we now really have to bring up. He's available pretty much everywhere. And with Demarius Thomas gone, it wasn't necessarily Cortland Sutton that really stepped up for Denver. It was Hireman, who had 10 receptions on 11 targets, including a touchdown. I know Denver's on a bye, but if he is for real, 
This could be a game changer, I think, for those that are desperate for tight ends like me. Yeah, I just worry if this is like the anomaly game of the season for Jeff Hiring where he gets to double-digit targets. Right. The one thing that plays in his favor is that it comes that one game after Demarius Thomas is traded. So you see a direct correlation there. It's not like it happened for no reason. It's not like Demarius Thomas is still on the field. They literally took away a wide receiver staple who's been in their offense for you know the past whatever it might be, six, seven years, they removed him. And in the first game uh, the first game in here, we see Jeff Hireman with the 11 targets, 10 receptions, 80 yards, and a touchdown. So I'm intrigued. The problem is, can you afford to pick up a tight end who's on a bye and stash him? It's kind of similar to Jack Doyle last week. I actually like Doyle more than Hireman. I agree with that. But I, I, anytime you see a guy, a tight end with double-digit targets and receptions, you, you have to at le- he has to at least be on your radar. So uh, I would say... I like C.J. Uzama a little bit more, just based on the A.J. Green injury. I just think that there's more targets to go around there. Andy Dalton typically likes to target the tight end. And, and look, there's just not much else to uh, to throw to in Cincinnati right now. So I, I'll rank C.J. Uzama higher than Jeff Hireman. Um, but he's 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 the next man up. He's the next man up. I mean, we'll talk about like Chris Herndon. We've, we've mentioned him for a few weeks now. But I think Hireman's upside is a little bit better. And I mentioned Corlin Sutton is going to be better. I think he'll see more than five targets. Um coming out of the bye, but uh, but yeah, double-digit targets and receptions, Jeff Hireman is on my radar. Yeah, I think he has to be on your radar, and, and for me, again, I'm a Jordan Reed guy, and I, I don't have a Kelsey, I don't have an Ertz, I don't have anybody that, at this moment that, that you could start other than Jordan Reed, and I had my bad bye, personally, I had my bad bye week last week, so I have, I picked up the guys like Alfred Morris and Devontae Booker, who I hopefully will never use again, so I do have some, I do have some opportunities to pick up players, and I can think I could stash Hireman um, this week, and I'm going to put, you know, I'm going to put a couple bucks on it, man. I want to make sure I get this guy. I think he's a game changer for me. You're the guy. You're the Jeff. Can you take me higher? I'm the man. That's you. highest on Hireman. There's no one higher on the man. Hi, there's no more Great. higher man than me on Jeff. I think that's all we got. I think that's the best yeah. we got. Um, how much do I, so how much do we spend on Jeff Hireman? Not much. Not much? I, I'm, all right, so I'm going to lower this bid then. How, well, what's your bid right now, and how much fab do you have left? $48 left. Okay. I bid eight. I think you can get him for like six. Yeah, I think so too. I'm going to be so effing angry at you. I will say, as a general rule of thumb when it comes to bidding, once I have my first bid in there, I don't lower it. You just can't. You can't now. You got to bid eight. I'm going to leave it at eight. You got to leave it. What's, if it's $2, I'm going to be I'm gonna be mad at myself. That's <laughs> no the thing. No one else is going to bid on Jeff. No one. No one's going to bid on Jeff Hyman. <laughs> Nobody. But generally, that is my rule. Like, once I put a number on a guy, because if you change it and, and he goes for more than what you changed it to and you would have got him, bef- like, with the bid you had before, so angry. it is, there's no, there's a lot of bad feelings in fantasy. That is one of the worst. So I think once you have a bid number in, just don't change it. Don't overthink it, you know. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, you know what's so crazy about Jordan Reed's season, right? It's like the one year he manages to stay healthy. They're, they're just not using him. They are using. They, like, they, they are, are using, using him, him, right? So I'm looking at the target share, and outside of Chris Thompson, who's seen 21 percent of the targets when he's actually played this season, Jordan Reed leads this team in target share. Yeah, 20 percent. Mm-hmm. The next closest is Josh Doxson with 16 percent. So Jordan Reed has seen the most targets. It's not doing it. There's just no explanation. There's like no semblance of like a vertical passing attack. I mean, we kind of knew that was the case with with uh, Alex Smith as the quarterback, but in years past with Jay Gruden, you know, calling the plays here for Washington, he has made it a known thing to get Jordan Reed involved, and especially in the red zone. And we know that Alex Smith likes the tight ends. It's just like one week it's been Vernon Davis. It's been a really weird season for Jordan Reed. The opportunity has been there, but whether it's you know him not cashing in on that opportunity, maybe he's just not the same athlete he once was. All I mean, the guy has dealt with every single injury you could think of, so it, it's possible that those just added up, and now this is kind of the player he is. Or the Washington offense is just blah. It's like you know, all right, we're going to run the football, we're going to try and play defense, and Alex Smith is going to try and manage our way to a win, and and that's kind of who the Washington uh, football team are now. Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. Um. Okay, so that's the wide receivers and tight end. You mentioned Chris Herndon, of course. CJ Uzama, I mentioned as well. And that's really it. Let's get to the running backs now, Frankie. And we're going to talk more who to drop and take your telephone calls 
uh, the last 20 minutes of the program. Frankie, let's get to the running backs. Duke Johnson's out there. He's owned in like 70% of leagues. If he's out there, he's the number one ad, I would say, this week. Yeah, he definitely is. But it, again, it's uh, it's 70% owned on CBSSports.com leagues. But, you know, I would say he has to be 100% owned in all PPR leagues, whether it's full PPR, half PPR. Uh, we just saw the usage this past week with uh, with Kitchens taking over as the OC. He was the running back coach. All year, we were wondering why Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson weren't getting Duke Johnson involved. It seems like there might have been some disconnect, surprise, surprise, between the uh, the coaching staff and the front office of the Browns because in the offseason, they gave Duke Johnson uh, the the contract extension. And then it, it, the season starts, and they're not using him. So it just didn't really add up. And I just think the fact that uh, the Browns are so void of offensive uh, options right now and guys that can make plays that Duke Johnson is uh, he's going to continue to see this Maybe not nine targets a game, but like five to seven targets. Like I think he'll at right. least see that moving forward. I would hope. Yeah, I, I have no one else there. It's just Landry I, and Njoku and and Duke Johnson in the past game. It's clear something they were successful with last week. I think you could rely on Duke Johnson. You don't have another wide receiver other than Jarvis Landry, which is hysterical because coming into the year, you saw Jarvis Landry they had Josh Gordon. Send somebody else, right, in Cleveland. You thought Des Bryant might yeah, show you up there? Thought Des Bryant. That was the one who we, we thought there was a. No, I thought there was a third one. Too. Rashard Higgins, like no. kind of flashed during training camp. Oh, Antonio Callaway. He hasn't lived up to. No, Callaway was the guy, Greg. I really thought there was a, a, another one with, with Jarvis Landry. Maybe it's just Jarvis Landry and Josh Gordon Callaway. Maybe you're right. But ultimately, the, you look at this team now at the wide receiver position. Other than Jarvis Landry, it's barren. And that means, and really should mean more, um, for Duke Johnson. And if, if Sunday is any indication, it will be. Duke Johnson's out there. What are you spending? A decent amount, uh, more than uh, more than I was spending on MVS. So again, at this point, like you had forty eight dollars, I have like twenty two dollars in one of my home leagues. If I have forty eight dollars, I'm willing to spend like and a half PPR, twenty three of that. Yeah, half, mm-hmm. about half. I agree. I agree. Johnson. Yeah, I, I, I agree I'm going to be aggressive. I think so too. Especially with the been... state of the running back position right now, too. I mean, I, I have a team where I've already kind of plugged him into the lineup. I know it's early in the week, but I, I'm definitely getting him in there. He's facing the uh, the Atlanta Falcons, who typically give up every single year the most targets, receptions, receiving yards to opposing running backs. Uh, so that that looks like a matchup made in heaven this week for Duke Johnson. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Love Duke Johnson this week. The number one ad in my estimation. Um, that's who I'm spending the most money on. Moving on from Duke Johnson, Mike Davis is out there. And Mike Davis has been a guy that you picked up, you dropped, picked up, you dropped. It's very, very frustrating. I get it. But Chris Carson's banged up. And he was banged up coming into this game. He was banged up in the entire second half. And Rashad Penny is simply not a thing. When Mike Davis is out there, plays a lot. And that's not just in the running games, in the passing game as well. Mike Davis, another interesting name, Frankie. Yeah, we saw Chris Carson play the first half of this game, and he was effective, uh, but then he did not appear in the second half at all, and I'd be surprised if he plays this week, I agree honestly. with you. Uh, I haven't seen anything yet. I'm just kind of speculating. You know, practice hasn't really started yet, only for the guys who are playing on Thursday night. Um, so we'll see what happens, but I would not expect him to play. And as you mentioned, in games where he doesn't, Mike Davis dominates snaps, and he dominates touches. So we just saw this past week played about 73% of the snaps for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, 15 for 62, 4.1 yards per carry. He had seven receptions, 45 yards. Uh, the other game where Chris Carson didn't play, that was against the Cardinals. That was a great matchup. Uh, 21 carries for 101 yards, 4.8 yards per carry. Used in the passing game in that game as well. So if Chris Carson is out uh, and Mike Davis is available, you're looking at him based on the four teams on a bye as a low-end RB2. Mm-hmm. Because if Chris Carson were playing, he would be in that you know mid-range RB2 discussion. So I'll, I'll knock Mike Davis back a little bit for that. I don't know if he's as talented as Chris Carson. But if, if Chris Carson is out, Mike Davis looks like an, a low-end RB2 this week. Right? I think so. I, I think so, too. How important is it to get him off the waiver wire? How much are you spending? And the Seahawks, uh, they're going up against the, the Los Angeles Rams. Uh-huh. Who I mean, In L.A. We just saw what the New Orleans Saints did. But again, that's Alvin Kamara. So you have to factor that in. Uh, but the Seahawks are you know 10-point dogs in this game. So they could be chasing points that might not... Uh, that might not lead to a good game script for Mike Davis in terms of getting the carries, but we just saw him used in a game where they were chasing points uh, where he had seven receptions. So he could be used in that capacity as well. Uh, so if Mike Davis is available, not as aggressive on him as I am for Duke Johnson, 
at this point, uh, a quarter of your budget, something like that. Does that make sense? If I'm a Chris Carson owner, I'll be a little bit more aggressive. Chris Carson, I'll be more aggressive. A, a quarter to a third, I would say. A quarter to a third. Yeah. So you're well, talking, I'm also very aggressive you know, this time you, of year. If you have like 20, 30 bucks left, then you're putting something like anywhere from 8 to 12. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Still seems a little like more a close to 15 bucks. No, I was going the other way. Oh, it's too much? Yeah. I mean, I'm more, I'm Chris more, Carson I, has dealt with this hip, hip injury all year. I'm closer to eight. Could it be I'm, like an off, on I'm, off kind I'm of I'm closer thing? to eight than 15. Offensive line has played well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I get you. I get it. Um, all right. And then the other running backs, like Elijah McGuire, somebody we talk, we've talked about really the last few weeks. So cost you more now. He's clearly the backup running back to Isaiah Crowell. Um, could end up being the starting running back. Well, that's what I'm saying. He could end up being the starting played, running back. Played and, more snaps this past week. And the Jets are also always down. So he'll get plenty of opportunity. Other than that, get the handcuffs. Make sure you get Malcolm Brown. Make sure yeah. you get Spencer Ware. Chase Edmonds as well. Chase Edmonds too. But like, not really. Just... <laughs> in the league where I own David Johnson, I'm probably going to pick up Jason. Your calls and who to drop, as well as the quarterbacks to stream this week, they come your way next. If you're someone that needs fantasy sports advice every day, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network has you covered. When you download the FNTSY Sports Radio Network app, you get the top fantasy advice every single day right through the weekend. Be sure to listen to our weekend warriors like College Football Today. Welcome to College Football Today Weekend Fantasy Update. They call me the fantasy Jesus. In this league, it is never short of exciting at ITL. And so much more. Download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app in the iTunes and Google Play Store now. And keep the best fantasy experts right in your pocket all day long and all week long. Back with you, Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And the BFFs are here to remind you that if you enjoy playing DFS but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Prosper tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups, ditch the hassle of dealing with late lineup scratches, and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late lineup scratches. No experts to compete against. Just use the product that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter the promo code FNTSY when you sign up, and choose your matchups using the Prospect Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag. The promo code is FNTSY. Frankie, quick poll, because it is election day. Sure. Voting. Uh, who is the number one waiver wire ad this week? Is it Duke Johnson? Is it MVS? Is it Jeff Hireman? Or is it Adam Humphreys? It will be the Duke Johnson. All right, there you go. That is your poll. Answered. Make sure you go out and get your vote on. Um, what do we? What should we do next? Handcuffs. We said you want to do streaming quarterbacks before we get to the calls. Sure. All right. Uh, quarterbacks to stream this week. I asked you this before. When you, one of the first questions I asked you when you walked in. Andrew Luck is my starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. He faces the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. Sure. My backup quarterback, who I started last week, was Baker Mayfield. Mayfield has a very tasty matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. What do I do? Well, I haven't done my quarterback ranks yet this week, Craig. I didn't ask you that. I just asked you a question. <laughs> I do like Baker Mayfield as a stream this week going up against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, it took some garbage time production from Baker, but hey, garbage time, fantasy points matter too. So, look, he was nearly 302 touchdowns this past week. Uh, the Falcons put up a ton of points against what we thought was a good defense in Washington. I think we expect the Falcons defense to put up points against the Cleveland Browns again, which means that Baker Mayfield likely playing from behind. Going to throw the ball a ton to Jarvis Landry and Joku and Duke Johnson. I like Baker a lot. Uh, I said last week I was off him because I wanted to see him do it for one game first before I get him into my lineup. But he's going to be close to a, a starting worthy uh, quarterback for me this week against the uh, against the Atlanta Falcons. Here he's uh, he's probably the number one uh, quarterback stream this week. Do I play him over Andrew Luck? <sighs> That's um. That's ballsy. I understand. Uh, I understand it's a tough matchup, but I'm going to continue to ride Andrew Luck the way he's playing right now, Greg. All right, so there you go, Andrew Luck. I'm I'm kind of in agreement because even when he's bad, uh, he's still doing enough fantasy wise uh, to get the job done. Other quarterbacks that are out there this week, people seem to like Alex Alex Smith, and we're talking about him on the FanDuel <laughs> Hurry Up, and it's crazy because I think Alex Smith is terrible. As I said, face the Bucks. What we spoke oh, about earlier on, in the correct, season, Greg. Bad quarterbacks and good matchups. 
He's bad. And we were trying to stream Eli Manning against whoever. Don't do this. Saints or whatever it was. Don't do this. I'm telling you, don't do this. But Greg, but Greg, Alex Smith threw for 300 yards last week. Third best outing of the season for Alex Smith. You know how many uh, multiple passing touchdown games he has this year, Greg? Two. Out of two, four, six, eight games he's played? Is it two? No. Damn it. It's three. Okay. Still not great. No. Doesn't have a single game with three passing touchdowns. Has three games with two passing touchdowns. He has five games with one or less passing touchdown. Not rushing as much as he normally does either. Like, no, and he has an offensive not, line that's not good. No, no. no he's going to no, get no. crushed. No. All right. Um, what about Nick Mullins against the New York Football Giants this weekend? <laughs> uh, in, in a, in a two-quarterback league, in a super flex league. Got to do it. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm picking him up because I, have, I actually have Kirk Cousins, Joe Flacco, and Blake Bortles on my team. Kirk Cousins and Flacco are on a bye. So I have no other choice. I mean, I'm trying to pick up Nick Mullins for my super flex. If someone outbids me for him, then I'll just end up plugging a regular player in my super flex. Uh, but, yeah, outside of two quarterbacks, I'm, I'm not doing it. You have to be able to find someone else better in a one-quarterback league. Are there any other quarterbacks that I'm missing? Uh, who else do we have here? I put Dak Prescott at the Eagles. I know he did not look great last night, but coming into the game yesterday, he actually had been uh, pretty solid for fantasy purposes, and the Eagles, if there's one way to attack them, it is through the secondary. So uh, I like Dak Prescott more than I like Alex Smith. I like him more than I like Nick Mullins. I don't like him as much as I like Baker Mayfield. Uh, and then Marcus Mariota, who just had pretty much the opposite game of Dak Prescott last night, had a very, very fine game, did a little bit more with his legs, had the rushing touchdown, going up against the Patriots this week in Tennessee, where they are home dogs, likely to be chasing points. Uh, the Patriots defense has played better recently, but I think it's because of game script. Uh, I like Mariota as a QB stream. I would rank him ahead of Dak Prescott, but still not as high as Baker Mayfield. Okay. There you go. 844-843-6879. Let's begin our telephone calls with Gabe in Portchester. What's up, Gabe? Hey, what's going on, fellas? How's it going? Good, good. I got like a little two-part question. Sure. What do you guys think of uh, Gurley or Connor for the rest of the season, knowing everything that's going Gurley. on right now? Yeah, I mean, it's... it's, sure. it's Even for like, what? What if they sit him for the playoffs, though? Not gonna sit him. They're not. We won't sit him that far in advance. I, I'm sorry, Todd Gurley. I, I heard somebody bring this up for, too. The fact for that they, playoffs, the for fact, the fantasy playoffs, the fact that they lost to, New, to the New Orleans Saints actually helps Todd Gurley owners because now they they might have something yeah. to play for later on in the season because uh, they they want to match the Saints to try and get that home field advantage for the NFL playoffs. So don't overthink. Yeah, I think I think you're overthinking this one a little That's, bit too much. But uh, yeah, right. definitely Todd Gurley. All right, and then the second part is um, it's a, it's a trade. So since I'm going to keep Gurley, I'm thinking about giving away Connor and Brandon Cooks, and I'll be getting Antonio Brown and White from the Patriots. This is a PPR league? PPR, yeah. And I have Tom Brady, too. It's uh, We get a 40-yard touchdown plus points, whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, especially at this point in the season, we're still getting James Conner, Le'Veon Bell questions, Greg. And I understand the concerns, right? We get the tweet, the cryptic tweet yesterday from Le'Veon Bell. Farewell, Miami. Does that mean he's showing up to Pittsburgh? I don't necessarily know. But I understand people still wanting to try and shop Conner just to see if they can get that value for him now while he's still playing. To get Antonio Brown and James White in return in a full PPR, I'm all right with that, Greg. Yeah. Or do you you risk it and just hope that Le'Veon Bell doesn't play? Because James Conner, the way he's played, he's a top three running back. He's fantastic, and I I understand what you're trying to do. Sonny Michelle should be back, though. James White was still phenomenal. No, I know. And it's in PPR? Yeah, I'll do it. It's PPR. You're right. I'll do it. I'll make the move. Good call, Frank. Let's go to Mitch in Wisconsin. You're up next, Mitch. What's up, man? We have Mitch. Hey, man. Uh, I got a tight end question. I got uh, Rudolph on a bye this week, and my, my tight ends on the waiver wire are super thin. Um, I'm thinking uh, my buddy in my league's got uh, three tight ends on his roster. He's got Greg Olson. He's got Ebron. Uh, thinking maybe I can go trade someone, anybody, like a Doug Baldwin maybe. So are you asking should you trade Doug Baldwin for one of those guys? Is that the question? Yeah. Well, who's the I other tight end? That he, like a, who is the other tight end that he's he has? Got, he's got Eric Ebron, Greg Olson, and uh, Ben Watson. 
right, well, I, I mean, really, maybe I can throw a Doug Baldwin at one of those he, guys. He, he, the only one that you'll want is Greg Olson. I mean, Eric Ebron's value is kind of up okay. in the air right now because we just saw Jack Doyle return and, and dominate in that game. We even saw Mo Ali Cox the last time out play more snaps and catch a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, so Eric Ebron's value is kind of up in the air right now. I know he helped us a lot early on in the season, but if you could turn Doug Baldwin into Greg Olson, I'm all right with that just because Kyle Rudolph has not done much this year. Uh, anything outside of that, I'm not trading Doug Baldwin for either one of Ebron or Ben Watson. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, if you could get Greg Olson because the guy has three tight ends and he's just trying to give him away for anything, then sure, go ahead. Uh, try and give him like a wide receiver three for Greg Olson. See if you can pull it off. Sure. Sure. Sure, sure. Sure, sure. All right. All right, buddy. Thanks for the call, man. 844-843-6879. Let's go to Patrick in Florida. What's up, Patrick? Patty boy. What's going on? What's up? What up? So I got a, a kind of like a rest of season uh, wide receiver question. I got uh, Sanders, Landry, Galladay, and Lockett. And uh, my running backs are James White, Melvin Gordon, and Joe Mixon. I just picked up Fitzgerald off the, off the kind of waiver on the weekend. Someone had dropped him. But should I try and make a trade for a better wide receiver or just stick with what I got? You got Sanders, Landry, Galladay, Lockett, Fitz. You don't have that bona fide wide receiver one for fantasy, but you do have a lot of wide receiver twos. Uh, James White, Gordon, Mixon. I mean, I'm assuming you play two running backs and you probably flex one of those other guys. So I, I would keep the running backs for sure. If you can trade away two wide receivers to kind of upgrade, I mean, those trades are hard to pull off. I mean, I'm always trying to pull them off. That's why people hate me uh, when I'm trying to trade. But if you can try and trade two wide receivers to a team that needs depth to improve and get a you know someone who's closer to a wide receiver one, that's something I would try to do. But uh, Manuel Sanders, Landry, Galladay, Lockett's more of a wide receiver three. Fitz probably more of a wide receiver three. All those other guys are, you know, Sanders high end wide receiver two. Galladay's more low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three. Yeah, I mean, you probably need to get a, a, a legit wide receiver one, but I'm not trading any of my running backs to make that happen. I'm keeping the running backs for sure. Uh, if you can if you can pull off a two for one uh, depth trade to get a better wide receiver, sure. Sure. All right, cool. I appreciate it, guys. You got it, man. Let's head out to Indiana. I talked to Justin. What's up, Justin? Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing well, man. What's up? So I'm in the 12-team PPR, and I was offered Alshon Jeffrey and um, Dalvin Cook for Philip Lindsay and Keenan Allen. Alshon and Dalvin Cook for Lindsay and Keenan Allen. Which side of this are you on? Um, I would be receiving Alshon and Dalvin Cook. It's very close. It's a very, very, very good, good trade. Because what? But like, let's say you're down. It's it's almost close to a wash. But you're that, da- so you're downgrading from Keenan Allen to Alshon Jeffrey. And Keenan Allen's more of like a high end wide receiver too. Alshon, especially with Golden Tate, is coming in is more of a I would say a low end wide receiver too. Dalvin Cook's value it looks to be trending in the right direction. Still some question marks there. Uh, which way are you leaning, Greg? Um, if, if this if this helps. If this helps, my wide receiver, it's a three wide receiver league with no flags. And I have um, my running backs. I still have Le'Veon Bell, and I still have um, James Conner, and I still have Kenyon Drake. Um, and my wide receivers, I have Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, Doug Baldwin. So I'm leaning toward not doing this deal because I don't know that you significantly improve anywhere. As Frank and I both said, it's kind of a wash. Ultimately, but in PPR, I mean, based on this game we just saw from Keenan Allen, Greg, do you have that in the back of your mind that we saw him do this last year and kind of take off and have that monster second half and finish as a top five wide receiver? Because that's what's kind of sticking in the back of my head right now. I love in the Ke- full PPR. Yes, of course. I love Keenan Allen. Everybody knows that. All right. Well, thanks, guys. You got it, man. We hope you. We didn't really. <laughs> we didn't really answer the question. Uh, it, it's close. Royce Freeman's going to be back. I'll take the Alshon Jeffrey Dalvin Cook. I'll take the Keenan Allen Phil Lindsay side, so we officially don't answer your question. And with that, we <laughs> sign into the frenzy. We sign off of YouTube. The frenzy is up next. Corey Parson running for mayor of Harlem for re-election. Uh, Chris Venture, and of course Jim Day. If you're listening on the podcast, we appreciate it. Make sure you rate us five stars, subscribe, and leave a comment. If you are listening live on the radio, we go another five minutes or so. Johnny in California, you're up next. What's up, Johnny? What up, Greggy? What's going on? Hey man, I gotta thank you guys. You guys helped me win last week. Uh, I need your help again this week. I'm I'm coming back up in the rankings, but but I, I, it's kind of like a I got like a four position question. It's a uh, 
I run uh, two running backs, two receivers, and I have a flex spot. Um, right now, my running backs are Connor, Chubb. I got Fournette coming back this week and carry on Johnson. And then um, my receivers, I got um, Beckham, Cup, and uh, Tyler Boyd. So I'm trying to figure out what would be the best mixture to throw out. Oh, just for this week. This is for your lineup. So it's two running backs, two wide receivers, and a flex. I mean, to be fair, Johnny, it's it's, it's only Tuesday here. Yeah, you, um, have, no, you have no idea that Fournette's playing. You're not going to start on Johnson anyway. So to me, it's very easy. It's OBJ, Boyd, Connor, and Chubb. Those guys that are playing, you know? Uh, yeah, that makes sense to me, Greg. Um, carry on Johnson, tough matchup as well. Uh, Leonard Fournette. Uh, yeah, yeah, we don't know. Nick Chubb, trust him as a high-end RB2. You play James Connor as long as Le'Veon Bell's not around. Yeah, I think, that, I think that makes sense. Nice and easy. All right, Danny in Brooklyn, you're going on next. What's up, Danny? Uh, Greggy, Frank Stephan. How you guys doing? Love the show. Long-time listener. Appreciate uh, it, Danny. Greg, What's up, man? Uh, two things. So I'm going to be quick. I got to offer the trade. I want Nick Chubb. I don't know. I missed picking him up. I'm a little upset over that. Uh, so I got offered. They, I have Phil, they want Philip Lindsay and Greg Olsen for Chubb. Who would be your tight end if you make this trade? What's that? Who would be your tight end if you oh, made this trade? Uh, my, I don't have a tight end. I can probably get Uzama from him. I like Uzama. Or pick up the guy from Denver you guys are talking about. I like Uzama. Yeah. I don't think he'll give him up. Should I counter offer with... Uh, Give me Chubb and and Uzuma for Lindsay and Olsen. Or I think I'm giving up Olsen at a good – I mean, I don't know. Would, well, obviously, I'd call for your opinions. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 yeah. Sure. Yeah, uh, I, I get what you're thinking with Olsen, right, because he's dealt with the foot injury and he's kind of riding high right now. He's been performing mm-hmm. for fantasy purposes. Uh, Philip Lindsay mm-hmm. has done well, too. He's been getting the workload as long as Royce Freeman is out. But Royce Freeman is going to be back. I just hate trading away the tight end that you can lock into your lineup every single week, Greg, and then not it's really big have to worry about it. Man. It's a big advantage. And Philip Lindsay, you know, once Freeman is back, that probably pushes him back into what the flex discussion. Um, and Nick Chubb is going to continue to be yep. at high end RB two. Uh, look, it depends which tight ends are on your waiver wire too. If you could go out and pick up a Jeff Hireman, uh, if you really want Nick Chubb, this is, this is a fair trade. Uh, so if you want Chubb, you can pull that off. The guy's averaging 19 carries a game since Carlos Hyde has been traded. Yeah, um, I think they're going to continue to ride him too. So I, I like where Nick Chubb is headed too. Uh, and you worry about Royce Freeman coming back. I just you trade away that tight end that you could just lock in every single week. If you could get him to give you Uzama, I think you make this trade. Or if you know a guy like Jeff Hireman's available, you could pick him up. But then you still need to find a tight end to play this week. So uh, it's risky. But if you want Chubb, it's a fair trade. Can I offer him uh, possibly? I have um, Ingram I can give up. Uh, how about, um, I'm sorry, not Ingram, uh, uh, Gordon. So Gordon and Lindsey for Chubb. Josh Gordon? Or Melvin Gordon? Yeah. I wouldn't give I don't want to trade away Josh Gordon, Gordon, right, Gordon now. right now. Yeah, he's trending in the right direction. He's, he's, Finally! He's a solidified no. wide receiver, too, for fantasy right now, I'd say. I have Boyd, uh, Beckham, and Edelman. Oh, so you're not playing Josh Gordon? No, I haven't been playing him. I don't. Need, I haven't been starting him. And he's been sitting on my bench, scoring all these points, even last week. I know this week. I, I mean, I'm sorry. I started him because I have I have uh, Beckham, so I had I finally started him because of uh, buys. I don't know if this I is just me being greedy, Greg, but the, the combination of Josh Gordon and Philip Lindsay seems like a little much to give up for Nick Chubb. Do you feel the same way, or is that fair value? No, it doesn't. Because then you could keep Greg Olson, and you have that tight end. I don't. Think and if you're not playing Josh Gordon, maybe exactly. maybe that is the way to go. Yeah, but like. I don't think it's unfair. I, I just Gordon does seem like a lot to give up. You want Gordon, but are you ever going to play him? Especially because he has Edelman too. Like Edelman yeah. is a safe floor guy. Josh Gordon has a little bit more upside, but based on the wide receivers that he has, he's never going to play. I, I'm not in favor of just trading away a player just because you're never going to play. Them. I agree like, with you. you. Still I agree. Get fair value for your players. So I don't think he's that off. That's close. That's yeah. close. I probably don't make. It I, I I think I would rather do that one and keep Greg Olson, just like so I have the tight end that I play every single week. Give up Josh Gordon and Lindsey. Or maybe give him a lesser running back. Give him Josh Gordon and a lesser running back to get Nick Chubb. Corey Parson updates you on the polls next. Go out and vote, people, in our polls and in the real stuff. We appreciate it. I'll be back tomorrow. For Frankie Stample, my name is Greg Sussman. Thank you so much for watching listening to Fantasy Best Friends Forever. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We We hope. hope.